This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by AdMall, sales fuel's sales intelligence program for media and agencies that help sales teams sell smarter. Learn more about AdMall at AdMall.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Well, if you are an attorney, an architect, an accountant, some sort of professional services type person, or know somebody who is, I know you all do, you definitely want to listen to this episode of the Manage Smarter Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I'm the President and CEO of SalesFuel. Yeah, we haven't talked about business development for professional services, and that's why we have Doug Fletcher here today. Hi, Doug. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Direct from Montana, everybody. Doug is the co-author of a new book that's called How Clients Buy, A Practical Guide to Business Development. And he'll be sharing with us today insights into winning client business based upon his 25 years of practical experience and the research that you've conducted over the past four years. And by the way, from 1999 to 2014, Doug was the co-founder and CEO of North Star Consulting Group. That's a technology-able consulting firm specializing in employee and client feedback web survey projects. Oh, that's a mouthful. Hi, Doug. Well, we're so glad you're here. And, uh, you know, you wanted to talk about this niche of professional services and business development and managing all that. And it's kind of a specialized area. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so our book, uh, How Clients Buy, A Practical Guide to Business Development for Consulting and Professional Services, was just published this past year uh, by Wiley. And um, yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I do think that selling a service is is different in many ways than selling products. And our book is focused specifically on, as you mentioned, those of us in the professional services, uh, consultants, financial advisors, architects, engineers, you know, attorneys, you name it. And um, I think we have some special challenges in our fields. That, um, much of the literature and training out there around the topic, the broader topic of sales um, is not serving our needs um, as well. And so that's why we wrote the book. And um, I'm pleased to say it's been, um, it's being well received. So maybe we've struck a nerve out there somewhere. Particularly when, uh, when we're talking to small mid-sized businesses who need professional services, uh, as much as the big guys do, and sometimes even more. Uh, one of the things that they, they always seem to, they, they, they said they look for when they're researching a company that they may want to do business with. They look at the social media, they look at the ratings, the reviews, the number of years of experience in, in the field. Uh, referrals, of course, are really high on that list as well. So, you know, when we're talking about trying to build a, a business, build the business of a, you know, a professional services company, it's really not just contingent on the salesperson, but it's really a, fa- a function of everyone that's providing any type of customer service, anybody that has any contact with a client, the law actually ha- has some impact on business development, right? 
Well, that, that's exactly right. And, and, and you bring up a good point. I mean, there are plenty of us out there that are solo professionals. Um, but, in, but in many cases, you know, uh, you're, you work within a team context and you're in a, you're in a firm, a mid, you know, small, medium, large size firm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of touch points between the client and the expert service provider. And, um, and so it's, it's, it's a complex, um, it's a complex process and there's a lot of ways for, you know, for things to go well and for things not to go well. And, and, um, and as I mentioned, you know, earlier, it's, um, I think in many ways it's very different than buying a product. And, um, so, uh, so that's, you know, that's the gist of our book and, 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 and why we felt it was important to, to talk more about that. So how do clients buy professional services? Well, let me back up just one step from that, and I'll just share with you this uh, this example that I um, that I use when I when I when I speak to groups, and that is um, why is it that we can buy a home um, or another large purchase? You can spend five hundred thousand dollars on a house after a one hour walkthrough, and Yet, if you were looking to design a home, it might, you might agonize for months over choosing just the right architect to work with to, to, to build your house. You know, why is that? You know, why, why can you buy a house in an hour or a car in an hour, and yet you'll spend, you know, weeks or months or longer, you know, agonizing over which financial advisor to use or which architect, you know, and, and so forth. And I think that I think the biggest difference is in what is versus what could be. And I think that in buying or hiring an expert, it takes a much bigger leap of faith. Um, uh, and, and, um, and, and it feels riskier. It feels scarier. It feels there's so much more uncertainty. So I think there's a level of, of relationship. I think there's a, there's a level of respect and trust and a human connection that is a part of the client's buying journey that is maybe not present to the same extent when you're, when you're buying a house or a car or, or another large purchase. Um, so I think that that's a big, um, that's a big part of it. The, um, you know, the other thing I would say is um, clients buy in much the same way that you and I buy or hire an expert. And if you think about that carefully and for a long period of time, you really, it really comes down to we tend to hire people that we know respect and trust. And that's the short version. We go into a longer version in our book, which we call the seven elements. But I think that kind of gets at the core of, um, of the people that we tend to hire is those people that we know, respect and trust and have a personal relationship with. Well, you know, you can actually equate this to your own life. I mean, if you're just listening and you don't actually have any buying authority, let's say, it's like, think about uh, how you choose people. You know, who, uh, who do you decide to marry and who do you decide, decide to date? Who do you decide to watch your kids? That sort of thing. Choosing people is always harder than choosing a tangible product. Well, exactly right. I mean, when we're thinking about products, for example, um, you know, it's tangible. 
Um, in many cases, there's specifications, there's attributes, there's features, there's warranties, there's promotions. Um, you know, there may be a brick and mortar component to it or, or an e-commerce component to it. But, um, but, and oftentimes, you know, there's a very skilled, uh, you know, customer related person that's working through that buying decision with you. But it's very different than, you know, when we're buying you know, an expert service, which, you know, it's, it's intangible and it's, you know, it's based upon the perception of reputation and credibility and thought leadership and relationships and respect and trust. And those are just squishy topics that I think takes a while to, to kind of ferment in our, in our bellies before we get to that point where we're ready to make a commitment. Because we're called the Manage Smarter Podcast, I have to ask the question, if you have a best practice for, let's say um, a listener has his own business but isn't getting very many referrals and so is trying to execute the work and go after new business and get the client to buy, referencing the book, uh, how many hours a week or, you know, should you time chunk out half a day a week? You know, what's the most effective way to go at this for a manager? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, a lot of it depends on where you are in your career. For example, or, or in, in, in the evolution of your firm. So if you are coming right out of the gates and, and you don't have many clients or you don't have any clients, you could spend a lot of time on business development. Maybe, you know, maybe all of your time on business development related activities. You know, I think someone more, uh, you know, further along in their career. Um, I don't think you, I, I don't think successful rainmakers spend any less than 20% of their time on business development. Um, you know, so if, if that's two or three hours a day or one day a week that you've got blocked out for it. But I think one of the things that we learned from the research for our book and in our book, we interviewed, I mean, we shared our own experiences, my co-author Tom McMakin and I, um, but we also interviewed 40 highly successful rainmakers from a wide variety of, 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 of industries, um, professional services for our book. And one of the things we learned from these interviews is all of the successful rainmakers are highly disciplined at scheduling business development. And, you know, many people start their day and they do not get into client work until they have spent two or three hours doing uh, business development related activities, whether that be following up with prospective clients or working on thought leadership pieces or, um, or calling, um, you know, people that you would like to meet. Um, and then other people, you know, maybe they, 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 you know, they chunk off Friday and they say, you know, hey, Friday is my business development day. So I don't think there's one necessarily right schedule or approach. But, you know, back to your original question, um, I think it could range anywhere from 20 to 80 percent of your time, just depending upon where you are in your uh, in your development. And also going to Audrey's question, I will also have to add the very worst thing you can do is devote zero time to it and think I've got all the business I need. You know, I've got, you know, I don't need to worry about business development right now. It's like you always have to worry about business development because in the blink of an eye, you'll, you could find yourself needing business. And it takes time to do that business development. It's not like you can just go out and pick up the phone and, and make a few calls and say, okay, great. I've, I've developed my business, you know, in a day or a week or something like that. It, it takes I mean, it depends, I guess, on what the service you're selling, right? I mean, it, it, can, it can take months, right? 
Well, that's exactly right. I mean, many of these, you know, much of what we do has long sales and you can't expedite trust. And so if it's a brand new prospective client, someone that you just met, you know, it could take months or, or longer, um, a year or more before you get to that opportunity where you get the chance to work with them. But rare, if ever, do you have a call with a new prospective client and you're working for them by the end of the week, right? I mean, that just, it, it just doesn't happen very often. So these relationships take time to build and, um, and it's something that we need to be doing, um, often and continuously because it could be months before we, we convert a, um, you know, someone that we would like to serve into a, you know, a paying client. You talk about a uh, service, character, and help. And that's sort of the trinity of the approach to enticing a client to, to buy, buy what you're selling. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, so, <laughs> One of the this 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 might be blasphemous uh, to bring this up on on this wonderful uh -oh. podcast, uh, but you know one of the things we learned from these interviews with these you know these uh, forty plus successful highly successful rainmakers was that um, the original working title of our book was you know how to sell professional services or selling professional services or something to that effect and um and it was just a working title but um but when we interviewed these 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 rainmakers they took they had a negative visceral reaction to us calling what they did selling mm -hmm. and it was almost like they wanted to jump through the phone and strangle <laughs> us they were they were visually or or viscerally uh upset and 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 we we came to label this you know the the rainmaker's mindset but it's like they did not believe in their heart of hearts that they were selling they were at a particular topic and they were serving other people they were helping people define and understand their problems and needs and they were there to help serve them and so we we kind of you know from that we kind of you know developed this 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 mantra of you know uh service not selling help not hype and character not charisma and and just genuinely trying to be helpful and caring um, is what is what we labeled this rainmaker mindset, and 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 it's what they believe in their bones. It's not just like crazy talk. It's they perceive that's 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 what they're doing, and I think it's an important distinction. I'm sitting here nodding my head. And I'm thinking you just defined what sales is, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, and. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you guys, you know, you guys work, I mean, you, you talk to a lot of highly successful people and many of them may be in product sales and I have never been in product sales. I've, you know, except maybe like Boy Scouts in high school or something, but, um, you know, I've spent my life in professional services. So, you know, maybe what we're writing about does translate to products. You know, maybe, maybe it's not that different after all. Yeah. yeah and, and the thing is, professional services are not commodities. They're the farthest thing from it. So it's not like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you an hour of my time or something like that. I need to be compensated for it because I can't scale that. Once that hour is gone, it's gone. A product, on the other hand, though, it's like I can just manufacture a thousand more of them and, and, and sell them. Well, that's, that's exactly right.
Well, I, I just changed uh, CPAs. I had the CPA for 11 years and fired him and I got a new guy through a referral from a trusted colleague. And so there it is right there. And I went up and met with them this week and the service levels were excellent. For me, it's all about the service level and over, being over service and service in the way you like, you'd like to be serviced, you know? Yeah. Which sells I, it for me. Yeah, and you touched on an interesting topic there. You know the the the, the um, you know the the value of a referral from a trusted colleague. Um, you know we we um, prospective clients tend to hire people they know, respect, and trust. But in some cases, you might know if you might not know the person that you should be speaking with. And in many cases, we might you know we we might ask a, a close friend or colleague. It's like you know, who's your accountant? Who are you working with? Who do you think I should be talking to? That, that, that the trust that exists between two friends or colleagues becomes the proxy for the trust between you and that prospective accountant. And you, you showed up at that individual's office already on second or third base, right? You yes. had already, you had long crossed first base because your close friends said, you know, go see Sarah, Tom, you know, they're really, they're really good. And, um, and, and that goes a long way in the professional services. For sure. How, how do you get referrals? You know, um, I'll be honest with you. I am not great. Um, I'm not proactive at asking for referrals. And I know that some people are much, much better at this. Um, I think that if you focus on doing the very best work you can possibly do and making it uncertain in every way that the client's interest is in your interest is in the client's best interest and you're looking out for them and you're doing great work the referrals will come and um, there's nothing wrong with asking for referrals I don't like to ask for referrals generically say something to the effect um, hey you know I'd love it for you to recommend me to you know to others but what I will say is that if there's a specific person that I want to meet that I know is friends or colleagues with an existing client and I feel like I've earned the right to ask for that referral or that introduction, you know, I might call, you know, Audrey and say, you know, hey, listen, I know you know Lee. You guys work together. Um, I'd really like to get to know Lee better. Would you be willing to introduce us? I feel more comfortable doing that. My friend Jeffrey Gittimer likes to say that the best way to get referrals is to give a referral. How does that sound to you? Well, I think the basis of human relationships is, is, is reciprocity. You know, I think, I think all relationships to a certain extent, whether it's a personal relationship with a significant other or a friend or a client or prospective client, you know, it has to be based on reciprocity. And it doesn't have to be like you keep a ledger in your desk drawer and it's like, well, what has Lee done for me today sort of thing. But I think, you know, I think that relationships are built on wanting to help one another. Mm -hmm. And if I'm doing great work for you and I'm bringing value to your firm or your work, um, I don't think, you know, in a close relationship, it's inappropriate to say, um, you know, hey, could you introduce me to Audrey or, you know, or something to that effect. 
Well, let me help you with some referrals. The website for Doug's coaching <laughs> training and speaking services. What a transition. A that was really good. Fletcherandcompany.net. Like <laughs> <laughs> and the book, How Clients Buy, available on Amazon. Doug, this has been very interesting, and I hope we've motivated our listeners to really you know, up their biz dev game as a result of having you on the show. Well, I hope so too. And uh, keep up the good work. I love your podcast, and uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.